And so more than 4,000 years after the very first promise of a savior was given to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, more than 2,000 years after Abraham was told that the savior would someday come from his family, more than 1,000 years after the great King David ruled Israel, there was a baby born in a small town called Bethlehem. A baby whom Matthew wrote had a very unexpected family lineage and family tree filled with messy people that we've talked about over the weeks leading up to Christmas here at North Cross. People like Judah and Tamar, Salmon and Rahab, Boaz and Ruth, David and Bathsheba, and all the messy details that surrounded them and their lives. All of it, all 42 generations that Matthew wrote about, all leading up to the birth of the child that we get to remember and to celebrate tonight. All 17 verses leading to verse 18 and the rest of the gospel of Matthew that describes what this Jesus came to do. And going through that lineage, reminding us that the type of people that Jesus came from are the type of people that Jesus came for. And it's with honor that I get to be able to read what Matthew writes, starting in verse 18 then. And if you'd like to follow along, you can follow along in your programs, or maybe you brought a personal Bible with you, or you can just listen as I read. So this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. But when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The theme or title of my message this Christmas is uh, Christmas Expectations. And a few years ago, we were celebrating our very first Christmas at a, a new house. And one of the jobs I have every Christmas is I'm in charge of making sure the lights and the decorations on the outside of the house go up and that they look good. And Carrie and I, we had a plan and a system for the old house that worked really well. We both enjoyed how it looked. So at a new house, I figured we'll just use the same plan and the same system. And so I spent, you know, two, three hours getting all the lights on, getting them in the right places, all the decorations, all that good stuff. 
And so it's time for the big reveal. And, uh, you know, we don't necessarily do it like the Griswolds where the whole family comes out and I have the extension cords that I put together and drum roll with your mouth, please. We don't do that. But, and I know it probably sounds a little corny, uh, at least it sounds that way as I actually say it out loud. Um, I do have, typically Carrie goes out in front of the house and I plug in the extension cord to let her see first. And so I put in the extension cord and she smiled. But I've been married to her long enough, like I know her smiles. <laughs> and there's the smile, like genuine smile, happy. And then there's the sympathy smile, like I know I should be thankful right now, but things aren't exactly what I had expected. The smile she had was the second one. And I could go into all the details as to why it was that way, but long story made short is that the, the plan we had for lights at the old house did not look quite as good on the new house. And I, I agreed with her on that too, so it meant you know a few more hours of trying to figure it all out. But the point is, there was expectations when I plugged that extension cord in as to what the house would look like, Christmas expectations, and it, it definitely fell flat that day. Have you ever had expectations for Christmas? You know, I think of all the celebrations and all of the days of the year that collectively there are more expectations and hopes and dreams for Christmas and the two or three days surrounding it than any other holiday. Part of it is that we start thinking about it all the way back in October or September even, right, at the stores that we go to. And there's expectations about the lights and how they're going to look and the food and how it's going to taste and the family and how they're going to get along and the weather and how it's going to behave. And then probably I think the biggest expectation, the, the, the one that we tend to have hit most at home in our hearts is there's expectations, do you agree with me on this, in how you're supposed to feel at Christmas? And, and the hard thing is, we don't define it very well. Like, how are we supposed to feel? But it has something to do with joy, contentment, and warm fuzzies all wrapped together. And because of all the expectations that we put on how Christmas is going to look and how Christmas is going to go and how Christmas is going to feel, the truth of the matter is, most people get through Christmas and at least a little bit, they feel disappointment because Christmas doesn't always go the way we had hoped. Or maybe I'd say it this way, Christmas never goes exactly the way we had planned. And I think it's just a microcosm of something bigger. Because I could take this statement and I could remove Christmas and instead I could put the word life and it would be a true statement as well. Don't you think that life doesn't always go the way we had hoped? <laughs> You've had expectations. There's expectations about where we're going to go to school and what career that we're going to have. There's expectations about when we're going to get married and who that person's going to be and what they're going to look like. Expectations around where we're going to live, what house we're going to have, what we're going to drive, when we're going to retire how many kids we're going to have, all these things. And life, should I say, never goes exactly the way we had hoped or we would have expected it to, right? You agree with me? 
Now, the reason why I bring this up tonight is because in the words that I just read from Matthew, there's someone in it that would have felt the very same way. You see, life wasn't going the way that Joseph had hoped. Let me show you what I mean. Let's go to the very first verse that I read. Verse 18 said, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged or engaged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but when I'm reading about other people's lives or reading through the Bible, I can quickly glean over some pretty big things that cause a pretty large disruption in someone's life. This is one of those moments, isn't it? Like, let's just stop for a moment and, and think about what Joseph is actually going through. Do you know? He had plans for his life. He had expectations for his marriage. I'm going to get married, and we're going to build a house, and we're going to have a family together. And the girl that I love, she saved herself for me. And we're going to spend our life together, and I'm going to get to spend it with the, the girl of my dreams. And then one day, and, and we don't have this conversation recorded, but we know it had to have happened. The girl of his dreams says, hey, Joe, I need to talk to you about something. And it probably got pretty quiet as Mary tells her fiancé that she's pregnant. And Joseph knows there is no way that he's the dad. Talk about expectations and hopes and dreams sort of crumbling for Joseph in that moment. But, but come on, you're thinking, right? Come on. You know, Mary told him what happened. Like, you know, it's not what you think, Joseph. Uh, I didn't cheat on you. Uh, in fact, okay, an angel appeared to me, told me that you're going to be pregnant and that the baby inside of you is something that's going to happen through a miracle, that God is going to put a baby inside of me. It's not what you think. And you know, how do you think Joseph responded to that? Well, fellas, let me ask you, how would you respond to your fiance saying she's pregnant, but it was put there by God? This had never happened before. It's never happened again. He probably was like, all right, sure, Mary. God put a baby inside you because God always does that. He, he puts babies inside of virgins. And Joseph had expectations for his life that in that moment were not panning out the way he had hoped. And, and here's where Joseph's state of mind was, verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose Mary to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And so Joseph was done. You cheated on me. I don't believe your story. And one thing I do always appreciate in this verse is that Joseph must have been a pretty honorable guy because understand that Mary could have been put to death 
for being pregnant out of wedlock at that time. But that's not what Joseph wanted for Mary. He was crushed, you can imagine. But yet he was going to divorce her as peacefully and, and as quietly as he could. He's kind of showing his love there. Verse 20. But after he had considered doing this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because she's telling the truth. What's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle of God. And as you heard me read, Joseph listens to the angel and he ends up marrying Mary. And you know the rest as they go to Bethlehem. Well, a question for you to think about. Who, who had the harder time at Christmas? Here's your choices. Would you choose Mary or would you choose Joseph? Now, if you're going to talk about this in the car on your way home today, fellas, I'm just giving you a warning. Remember, Mary was in labor. She had a child. Your safe answer will always be Mary. Just Mary had the harder time and <laughs> she did have a hard time. She did labor a child into this world after traveling a great distance from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem. But there was a unique difficulty that Joseph was enduring during this time, and really probably in some ways for the rest of his life that I don't know that I really thought about as much until this year as I reread these words and put my message together. And this is what I mean. When it comes to Mary and when it comes to her recognition that what was inside of her was from God, she had proof, didn't she? Because it was her body. She knew she had not been with another man. But Joseph, he spent the rest of his life not necessarily knowing for sure from a proof perspective. I mean, he had the angel and he had Mary and their stories corroborated, but it was different for Joseph, right? Do you know what he had to do? When it comes to when life went a direction that he had not been expecting, he had to trust. When things didn't go the way he had expected, he had to trust. When his hopes and dreams for his life were, were dashed in a certain way, when he got those news, that news from Mary, you know what he had to do? He had to trust. When the first Christmas for Joseph was filled with anything but joy, contentment, and warm fuzzies, Joseph had to trust. Do you know what he had to trust? He had to trust God. And I'm going to say it this way. He had to trust that God's plan for his life was better, was greater than the plan that he had for his life. We're a group of people gathered in person and online that have had moments in our lives that did not go the way we had planned, 
You might be living in the middle of one of those moments or seasons right now where, to be honest, your expectations for how life would look are not going the way you had expected. And I want you to hear me that this is true for you as well, that God's plan for your life is greater than, is better than your plan for your life. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes the plans that God has for how your life will look, they, they tend to correspond and be exactly what you were hoping for. Praise God for those moments. You always hope to have a family and you look to your right or to your left and you have family there. You always hope that you'd have a car to drive. <laughs> look out the window and you have a car to drive. Sometimes that happens, but most of the time, in one way or another, these things, the, the idea of our expectations being exactly what God had in store for us, it doesn't happen that way all of the time. And that can be difficult. And that can be hard. But understand, God loves you. And when you're plans don't end up being his plans, it's not because he doesn't care. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he's absent or far away. It's because he's God. And he sees what you don't see, and he knows what you don't know, and his plan is so big, and we only see a little bit of it. And I love how then Matthew brings this together as Joseph is trying to figure out his life and where it's headed. Matthew directs us back to God's plan. He tells Joseph, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born, that there will be a virgin who will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. I want you to come away from Christmas this year, recognizing that no matter what plans you had and what your life looks like, that we see in the Christmas account, in the birth of Jesus, that God has big plans and his plans are better than ours. In fact, think about it this way. That the greatest gift the world was ever given came through the greatest disappointment J Joseph had ever known. And I don't know for sure that's exactly what's going to happen in your life, but I want you to see that at times when things feel like a dead end or just not what you were expecting, that God can and has done big things through even the most unexpected circumstances. The greatest gift the world has ever given came through the greatest disappointment Joseph had ever known. Here's how it continues. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people. What do you want to be saved from? Inflation? <laughs> Five dollar eggs. Oh my goodness. 89 cents was just three years ago. 
Maybe it's loneliness that you want to be saved from. Maybe it's anxiety or worry, depression, health concerns. There's a lot of things we want to be saved from, and Jesus came to save his people. But he came to save them from their sins. And I I want you to hear me when I say that I don't know all the things you're going through, and I'm sure they're difficult. But our biggest problem is probably not that. Our biggest problem is this, it's sin. That on my good days, I'm not the husband that I want to be. And on my worst days, well, I'm not the husband that I want to be. And there are things that we struggle with and there are attitudes that we can't seem to fix and there's addictions that we're addicted to and there's, there's just so much, right? And you and I both know that we can't be the people we want to be, much less the people that God wants to be and that sin inside of us is, well, it puts a separation between us and a holy God. But that's why we celebrate today. Because the Savior came to save us from sin. And what that means is that someday, someday you won't have to deal with the depression or the anxiety or financial situations because you'll be in heaven. And what it means is as when sin's gone, we are able to have joy and peace because Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Tonight, we're celebrating not just that God would come to this earth. We're celebrating that God decided to become a human being and to get tired and to feel pain and to even endure death to take on all the attacks of the devil for 33 years of his life and to come out of it absolutely perfect. And then to be the perfect substitute and to die in our place. You see, I don't know what you were expecting this Christmas, but sometimes what you want the most is not what you need the most. I wonder what Joseph would have wanted if we would have asked him when he found out the news. I, I want to be saved from this situation. But at Christmas, God gave us what we needed the most, a savior from sin who allows us, because of what he's won for us, to have hope in every situation to be able to experience joy even when things are hard. And I'm not saying that the life of a Christian is smiles every day. You and I know that's not true. But there is a depth of joy that we can have knowing that Jesus has taken care of eternity. Emmanuel, God with us. You see, 
Joseph received this difficult news and then God didn't just leave him to endure it on his own. God with us, Emmanuel, means that, yes, God came to earth to be with us, but that God is still with us. And so Emmanuel, God with us, is also God with Joseph. And tonight, what I want you to know, what I want to remind you of, is no matter whether this was the the best year ever or whether you are in a pretty difficult place right now, that the God who is with Joseph, Emmanuel, is also God with you. He hasn't left you to fend for yourself till you get to be in heaven someday with him. He promises to walk with you and to be the strength when you have none and to be the hope when you need some. God with us tonight is God, God with you. Well, uh, a number of years ago, I had a chance to visit uh, Bethlehem in Israel. And uh, we sing the hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and it sounds so quaint and small. Modern day Bethlehem is not like the hymn. It's filled with tension and politics and warfare. And there's a big wall around Bethlehem now with barbed wire. And the only way in is through a checkpoint with lots of soldiers with machine guns. And while we were in Bethlehem, we met a Christian man named Ephraim. He actually uh, owned the restaurant that we ate at and also was our tour guide while we were there. And he talked with us about how difficult it is to be a Christian in Islamic Bethlehem and how even his business has fallen on hard times, a lot of it because of his faith. And we're, we're heading out of Bethlehem and we're kind of stopped because uh, we had to get through the checkpoint. And while we're sitting there waiting, Ephraim gets up, he gets in front of the, the bus and he invites us all to sing with him, Joy to the World. And I remember sitting there listening to Ephraim sing Joy to the World and looking out the windows and seeing barbed wire and machine guns. And I thought to myself, how does Ephraim sing about joy? How does he have joy in the midst of the city and the town that he lives in? How do you have joy this Christmas, no matter what you're facing or what unexpected things might be or have happened in your life. It's Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So tonight, we get to join millions of Christians across the world and tens or hundreds of millions of Christians who've lived before us in remembering that there is a joy and a peace that the world doesn't understand, that even in the midst of unexpected situations, that because of Jesus, we have all that we need. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you. We thank you that not only did you send your son Jesus to this earth, but that he suffered death and hell in our place and Lord, you also have promised not to leave us to fend for ourselves in life, but that God with us who came to earth is now with us 
this evening. Lord, I pray that no matter what things that people might be navigating in their life, that we recognize there is a joy and a peace that we can have. Because Jesus came to save us, Lord, we thank you. Not from every difficult circumstances this side of heaven, but he came to save us from our sin. And to that, we give you all glory and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.